This morning, I want to speak briefly on God's promises, part three. And I'm talking about the faithfulness of God. Psalm 145, verse number nine. The Bible says, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Give me a different translation, please. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. It means that God is merciful unto everyone. God's goodness is to how many people? It means to the righteous and the unrighteous. God is good to... Did you see God is good to only the righteous here? He said God is good to how many people? You see, there are many of us, our problem... It's not that we don't believe that God is good, but we wonder whether God is faithful. Now, let's look at another scripture. Why do we ask these questions whenever we think God is not good? We ask these questions or these scriptures because of a number of things. And most appropriately so. Number one, we ask these questions because we are believing God for something and the thing is not happening. When we trust God and the thing is not forthcoming, we wonder whether God is good. Praise the Lord, somebody. There are many of us, we wonder. Psalm 100 verse 5, he says, For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. God doesn't just love us, but his faithfulness. What does he do? It continues. When? Through all generations. So we are told that if you think God was faithful then, we want you to understand that his faithfulness continues when? Throughout all generations. Why does God say this? Because we are told by scripture. According to James chapter 1 verse number 17. We are told by scripture that every good and perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the father of the heavenly light who does not change like shifting shadows. So when a gift that I think is good does not come to me, this scripture shows me the faithfulness of God. That if I think something is good and the thing is not good, then what does it mean? If I think it's good, but yet God is not giving me, then it is not what I need. If I think something is good, but yet God does not release it unto me, then it means it is not good for me. Why? Because that is not what I need. He said every good and perfect gift is from above. By grace are ye saved through faith. It is a gift of God. So the grace that brings salvation, and salvation is total package. Healing, strength, peace. So if there's an area of my life where I think it is, if I get something, then I'll have peace and I don't get it. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. It comes from the Father of light in whom there's no variableness, nor shadow of turning, or what they call shifting shadow. I'm reminded of a church member who believed God for an employment door. Told me to fast, I fasted and prayed. Then the church member got a job. The salary was less. Someone said the salary was less. On Monday, when she has to start the work, she's going to do her clinical. The company wrote back to her and said, please, uh, we've changed our mind. At the time, it did not make sense. God, but I prayed. God, I trusted you. Why am I not getting this offer? The company that the person left, 
after a few months, would now call the person and give the person an offer that is better than the first one that she would have gone for. At the time, she thought it was the best. But in hindsight, she looks back and she sees that challenge. If I had gone here, I would have been trapped. And this goodness of the Lord, I wouldn't have received it. The Bible says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Your God is so faithful that when he closes a door, it was because that door was not good for you, even though you thought it was a good door. Sometimes when some things delay in your life, it is because God is all-knowing and he knows what you need when you need it. And sometimes delay some things because other doors must open. And by the time the doors open, you would not taste and see that the Lord is good. So when the door is not yet open, it does not mean that God is not faithful. God is so faithful to his word that he has sworn by himself that he cannot lie unto himself. So he's so faithful to delay the thing, cause you to even doubt his intent. But he says, even if you think God is not faithful, he cannot deny himself because he's a faithful God. Hallelujah. So in 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 28, 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 28, the Bible says, Sovereign Lord, you are God. Your covenant is trustworthy. And you have promised these good things to your servant. Your covenant promises is what? Say you have promised this thing. In other words, God, I can trust you because you're sovereign. And God wants us to trust him even though we don't understand some things. And there are many of us, there are things we don't understand. But God is faithful. Men can break your heart. But God will not break your heart. This year, God said that. Me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I won't lie to you. If I've not done, it does not mean I will lie. Somebody say God's promises. So God does two things for everybody. In the scripture, God gives us two things. One, promises. Two, stories. He gives us promises. He gives us stories. Why does God give us promises? And then he gives us stories. Stories. He... He gives us stories so that we can have a point of reference of what to do to secure the blessings and what not to do because it has ramifications. There are many of us, we don't know, good or bad consequences. He says, I wisdom dwell among prudence. He says, for length of days are in my hands. And the Bible calls wisdom a woman. So when you want your wife to love you and you want to live long, love her, her, you will never understand a woman. And God created us in his image and likeness. You can never understand everything about God. Because even he, God himself, he says, I am that I am. What do, does it make sense? Even God himself can't divine himself. He says, I am. What is I am? Then he says, that I am. God himself. And he created us in his image and likeness. Male and female created them. So part of God is that he's just like a woman. When you get there, you see. You see, sometimes we try to behave as if we want to be like God. We can never understand everything that happens in our life. So he gives us promises that no matter what happens to you, I can assure you my faithfulness will cause me to only look out for your best interests. I may not do everything you need but to be in your best interest. God wants us to trust him. Trust him. You see, because our Christian faith is premised on God's word and his ability to keep his promise. So God is a promise-giving God and God is a promise-keeping God. Praise the Lord. You see, sometimes we trust the Lord, but we don't see our way clear. But God wants us to trust him. You see, at some point in our lives, we'll go through 
some seasons and situations that will almost cause us to be willing to say that God really and truly is not genuinely faithful. You will come there. You, you will come there. You will pray. You will cry. You will sow the seed. You, you, it's like you are holding on to straws. And when God doesn't do it, secret frustration will set in and you wonder, will God do it? It's happened to me so many times. Even the call of God on my life. He's taking me all my life. But there have been times where I needed somebody to help me because holding on is so difficult. One of the most painful things is to be a pastor who names people's children and not have one. For every day when you hold a child in your hand, you don't say. But deep within your heart, you wonder, God, when? You are happy for the people, but you are sad that God is not here. And then sometimes you wonder, is it? You don't say to anybody, but you ask yourself, God, is it like you love some people more than others? Or, so, so I quoted a scripture that he says his faithfulness is to how many people? Has it ever happened to you? Where, where, where you are believing God for employment. You, you prayed though, you fasted. Others go for interview, they don't pass. You go for interview, only you. The day you went for the interview, somebody showed up who is as good as you. And then now they have to make a decision, no based on your, on your competence, but based on favoritism. Whenever you come to that place, where you begin to wonder whether God is genuinely faithful. Remember this, that God gave us his promise to remind us that when our emotions are playing games with us based on our temporal experience, he has committed himself to his word to remain faithful. When our emotions are playing games with us based on our temporal experience and casting doubt on the integrity of God, God sends us his promise to remind us that even when we think he's not faithful he cannot deny himself you know it's easy for you to quote scriptures but when it comes to the reality of going through the test that is when it becomes difficult the reason why i've changed the face of faith life church and how we do ministry and to teach you how to live the Christian life is because I've come to know that there's a real life out there that we live and we need scriptures promises that would help equip us to live the Christian life the victorious Christian life because it's not easy can you imagine believing God for a child and you get pregnant you miss your period for some few days and that the greatest day you thank God the most Cry unto God, thank him that this time there has come to stay. That day, it rains. And you're like, this is the blessing, the confirmation that God has honored my way. And whilst you're driving, the car hits somebody. The car, somebody makes a mistake on the motorway. Your car head back. And by the time you get to your office, you are bleeding. You will question God. What do you do when the things you've been believing God for, God doesn't answer? You've never been in a dark place before. See, I don't know how many people have been where I've been. Have you attempted to commit suicide three times in your lifetime? Where suicide was the best option for you? Have you gone there? You've not been to that dark hole. But you see, when you commit suicide, you've ended, you forfeited God's opportunity to be a blessing to you. Because God is telling your story. Don't put a full stop when he's put a comma. I heard a Nigerian man quote it. I've said the same thing. Because God will give you what you need, not what you want. You know, God never gives anybody a wife. God never gave me a wife. He will give you a woman. You make a wife out of the woman God has given you. 
So those of you looking for a perfect person to marry, bros, some no day. No lady is born who is very good with makeup. You know, there's a point where you come where you ask this question, God, where are you? He, until you've come there, you are not ready. You are not ready for a miracle. And sometimes God, what you need is not a miracle. God wants permanency for you. You know, we pray for miracles, but what we need, a miracle is a temporal intervention of God. When God permanents things for you, there's not intervention. He solves it. When I started a church, we started as a fellowship. We used to call it Flames of Faith Foundations Fellowship. See some of these young, young pastors and the, and the pride and arrogance. I, I've been there before. God humbled me long. Please don't think I am a humble person. Don't. No. No. I've gone through some crucible of God. Haughtiness. Ah, when I started to grow, I went to rent Yegola Hotel. Share thousand flies, thinking eight hundred will come. Fifty came. The following day, went to twenty-five. Then next day, it was diminishing marginal returns. It got to a point when I go and I find fifteen people, I'm happy. It humbled me, so that I don't look at people and I know, um, you know, we know things that you don't know. No, bros, you have not gone through it yet. People start they married for two years. They said they have started marriage ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 verse 1 to 9. It says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and so tennis our brother. So Paul says, I am called by the will of God. So I am in God's will. Turn to another and say, you are in God's will. So if we are in God's will, then let me ask you a question. Why would Paul be in God's will and go through shipwreck? Why will Paul be in God's will? And people will stone him to the place of death. And God doesn't let him die. Even death fails him. He wakes up and goes. Why would Paul be doing God's work and he's going through problems? Because walking by God does not exonerate you from problems. But God gives us promises to assure us that no matter the problem that we go through, we will come out victorious. So he is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. He said... To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. Together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord. I'm writing to you these people. He says grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. He says you have grace. He says not only do you have grace. What is grace? Some say it's unmerited favor. But grace is the strength of God extended to you at the point of your need. Grace is what? The strength of God extended to you at the point of your need. So if what you need is healing, the grace extended to you is grace for healing. If what you need is provision, the grace, the strength of God extended to you at the point of your healing in this particular case is divine provision. Can I, can I preach in this place? Can I preach in this place? So grace is, is the strength of God extended unto you. He says to you, he says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. Where have we received the grace? In Christ Jesus. So every child of God, remember, you have grace on your life. He says, for in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. He says, whatever you need, there has been a supply of what you need. Next verse, he says, God does confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He says you don't lack it. Whatever you need for life and godliness, you have it. It means I'm not disadvantaged. So if I'm not disadvantaged, why do I go through problems? So God is a faithful God. 
And all throughout scripture, God gives us promises and assurances of his faithfulness. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse number 9. It says, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. He is God. He repeats it twice. He says, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. The faithful God. He, his word. The word God. Which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him. And keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. So whatever God has commanded you. He says don't do this. Don't do it. He says do that. Do it. He keeps his commandments to how many generations? And he says we should know. That is have a revelation that God is faithful. Sometimes in the sovereignty of God. The God who is all knowing. Delay some things because others that must play a role are not ready. Would God give me a child? Yes. And did he do it? Yes. Would God give us a ministry? Yes. But was it time? No. But I did not know. So I was using my temporal experience to determine the faithfulness of God. But God gives us promises. Okay. Psalm 119 verse 89 to 90. Oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abided. He says, God, your faithfulness to all generations. You you are faithful. Hear me, child of God. When we talk about the, the promises of God, this is what we are saying. That when God gives you a promise, understand that your God is faithful. That is why he's giving the promise. Because he watch over that promise to perform. And then you ask the question, why is it that I'm believing God for this and it's not happening? Sometimes what you think you need is not what you need. Because what you need, if God answers it, you die. Is it Lucky Dubé who sang this song? And said, and said, and said he called his mother and told his mother that um, um, he's getting married. And his mother asked him, do you know the woman? And he says, oh yes, everything is okay. And he says he didn't take long. And then he's called his mama and said, mama, I'm getting divorced. He said, but today I stand at the other side. And then he says, he thank God for the doors that were closed. Or that one is a different, I think that one is a, it's a country song. He says, he says, I thank God for the doors that were, that were not open. The, the doors I knocked that did not open, I thank God now. But at the time, you were crying. Remember, some things will not open for you. Not because God doesn't love you. But because if God does it, because he sees the future, you will not have it. You will have problems. And, and we'll go to the attributes of God and I'll show you. But you see, God promises us this. In, in Isaiah 40 verse 29, he says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Now, if you know I am weary, why don't you solve the problem but you give me strength? He gives strength to who? And then what does he do again? He increases the power of the weak. He doesn't exonerate you from the problem, but he increases your power. Why? Because some of the things we have to go through it is called divine process. Turn to your neighbor and say, trust the process. Okay, put the Isaiah 49. He said, he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. Next verse, next verse. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Please listen to it. He says that they shall mount up with wings as eagles. When do the eagles mount up with wings? It is when they go through periods of loneliness. Then the eagles develop new wings 
to fly. God is saying in your loneliness, you would mount up strength. You would mount up. You will now receive the ability to soar. It only happens when you go through lonely moments. I cannot take you out of the lonely moment because when I short circuit the process, you will fail to have the strength to soar. He says they shall mount up with wings like the eagle. Every eagle, when the eagle only, it gets to a point where the eagle's wings become too heavy. So he flies to a high mountain and uses his beak to hit the rock until it breaks. So that then he, first he removes all the feathers. When he removes the feathers, he goes through lonely nights. Lonely nights where, where he doesn't have a beak to eat. He cannot fly to eat. He goes through, and all of us will go through seasons of immobility. All of us will go through seasons where it looks like our strength has failed us. Where it looks like we are going through a transitional moment and everything is not working. And we wonder why. God says, when you wait on the Lord, you will go through the same thing that the eagle goes through. You go through lonely moments, weak moments, vulnerable moments. But in those vulnerable moments, God is releasing strength for you to mount up with wings like the eagle because your place is the top you are a high flyer and because you're a high flyer you go through it but he says when you wait on the lord he renews your strength you mount up with wings as eagle you would run and not be weary others running and weary you go through the bad experience the temporal experience because you must learn the, the, the strength or you must receive the capacity to run and not grow weary. It's a training day for you. When we say you will thrive, we are saying that you will mount up with wings. First Thessalonians 5.24. First Thessalonians 5.24. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. He says my God is faithful. He called me and he will do it. Hallelujah. He will do all. He will do it. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse Number 13. He says, if we believe not, yet he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. 2 Timothy 2.13. So when I am even in doubt whether God is faithful, or I don't believe because of my temporal experience or circumstance or situation, God says, even when I don't believe, he does not deny himself. What does it mean? I will explain. The Holy Spirit just gave me an understanding. How many of you, when your child is crying that he's hungry, he wants to eat, and you are cooking the soup and the soup is not ready. Because you love the child, you just fetch the soup and give it to the child to drink. Then your child is going to say, Mommy, you don't love me. How many of you know that you believe yourself that you love the child? That is why you are not giving to the child. Because you love your child, would you give the child a knife? Hello? Then what if the child is going to say, Mommy, you don't love me? Would you prove yourself by giving it to the child to show that you love? You will not deny yourself. You know what you feel for your child. God says, I know what I feel for you. I will not give you something that will destroy you. Are you listening to me? God what? He will not give you something that will destroy you. You see, so, so I walk with this confidence assurance that if a door doesn't open, it was, not, it was not mine in the first place. The door is juicy, but it can give you problems. See? It's not every door that opens that is for you. Some people, there's some levels of wealth when you come in, you will backslide forever. Growing up, there are some things God delivered us from. If those doors had opened, some of us would be drug addicts by now. God sees the end. And so he makes important but difficult decisions for you and your generation. 
This year, if some doors you knock and it doesn't open, please don't worry. It's part of God's plan. Because if he opens that door, it will frustrate you. First Peter chapter 4, verse 6. So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do so. God says if you suffer for the sake of God's will, for the sake of doing God's will, he said you must yield, you must commit yourself to the faithful creator. In other words, you submit your life to this truth. My God is faithful. If he doesn't open the door, it doesn't mean he's not God. It means that he wants something better for me. And even if the team brings me shame, he knows the reason because this shame is just temporal. Titus chapter 1 verse number 2. In the hope of eternal life with God who does not lie, promise before the beginning of time. He says God is not a God to lie. He does not lie unto us. James 1 verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So it is not every preparation that is for today. Some of the things God will let you prepare is for 20. See, some things you have done for your madam in your former company and you were faithful. You don't need it for now. The next five years when your company becomes big, that is when the lessons you learned will come into play. Are we together? So even if a guy came into your life and broke your heart, it was a lesson for a season. If somebody betrayed your trust, it was a lesson. God never wastes even your mistakes. He uses them. See, so if you pray and things don't go like the way you want, God doesn't waste it. He uses it for a season. Why? Because number one, write it down. God is omniscient. It means God is what? All knowing. God knows your past. He knows your present. He knows the future. So somebody asked this question. If God knows the future, why did he repent of himself when he created man? God is all-knowing. But there's one thing God doesn't know. is the choice you make. So what does he do? God knows the future. So he makes provision for either ways. If you pass left, I will do this. If you pass... How many of you know that GPS is all-knowing? But how many of you know that he knows the destination, so he gives you ETA, 35 minutes. But when you change the road from where it is, it doesn't talk. It waits a little. Then it says rerouting. Someone say rerouting. Because you made a choice. That's what God does. When you make a choice, you live with the consequences of it. But he makes provision so that wherever he wants to take you to, you can get there. Except consistently you disobey him. Then you get missing. God is all-knowing. But he wants you to submit your life to him. And let him be the one who guides you. And many of us, we do our own thing. And yet we expect God to do something for us. Number two, God is omnipotent. What does it mean? It means God is all-powerful. God is all-powerful. Please, you need to write this down. That whatever choice I make in life, good or bad, I am responsible for it. I will live with the consequences of my choices. Whatever choices I make, good or bad, I am responsible. God is not. God is a faithful God. We can trust him with our life. He calls us to a walk of faith. Why do we call it faith? Because he wants us to believe his promise and live by it. When you believe his promise, he says you have faith in him. Why? Because he's faithful. His faith what? Yes. So he's faithful. So he says, walk of faith. Walk with me by faith. Walk knowing that I am a faithful God. I, I am faithful. You can trust me. Wherever you are lucky to close your eyes and pray. Help me to walk with you. I may not understand everything, but I want you to help me. I may not know it all, but I want you to help me. 
I may not have an understanding of, of what is going on every time in my life. But God, you are a faithful God. You're a God who keeps covenant with a thousand generations. Father, I will trust you. I will trust you. I will believe you. I will trust you. I will believe you. If there are some doors that I was trusting you to open, it's not open. It's because you know what I can handle. You know me more than I know myself. You know that I cannot handle everything. There are things I'm believing you for. But when it delays, I understand that the right people are not in place. I understand that you are no omnipotent God. By these attributes, I know you. That you love me enough. You will not give me things that will destroy my own life. That if a door closes, even the mistakes could be from God. Nobody's a mistake. Your children are not a mistake. Your breakup is not a mistake. It is not. It is not. The person was not fit for the next level. The person was not fit for the next glory. The person was not fit for the next opportunity. Jesus, help us. Help us. Help us. Help us to trust you. Help us to hold on and not give up. Help us. That when we don't understand everything, we may pray and pray and pray and nothing is happening. It doesn't mean God is not faithful. Y'all believe in God for a child is not forthcoming. It doesn't mean God is not faithful. And God has to weigh the future and what the future holds by that one decision. And if it will not help you, he will not give you. You will say he's not faithful, but he says he cannot deny himself. But he will not give you what will bring you problems. He says every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. It comes from the Father of light in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. We all mess up. But God is faithful. You may not have it all. You may be married to a person that you don't understand why they do what they do. But God says, trust me that I know what I'm doing for you. Trust me. You may not have all the answers, but I know what I'm doing. 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 He says, my ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. As far as the heavens are from the earth, so are my ways from your ways. I pray for you today. That whatever it is that you are going through, God will give you answers. That he may not answer everything. But understand that his love for you and his faithfulness to you would cause him to only give you things that are in your best interest. He will give you things you need, not what you want. In the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, we have come to you. There's an anointing falling on people's head this morning. God is releasing strength to people. God is giving hope to people. God is bringing restoration to people. There are some things it will never change. But God will give you strength to endure until your change comes. I pray for you today that the God of heaven would come through for you. And he will cause his mercy and his kindness and his grace to abound towards you. In Jesus name. Somebody say Amen. Amen.